Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on April the 2nd, 2012. For newcomers, I would suggest that you make use of the website cuttingthroughthematrix.com. There's hundreds of uh, free audio downloads for for understanding the, the big system that runs the world. The, the, the system you're born into, uh, that's always been here actually for, well, at least for a few generations, openly, that is. And um, and I, I go through the foundations uh, that started up uh, the big armies of non-governmental organizations, the ones that they take as the new democracy. They don't bother about the public. It's, it's the NGOs they listen to because they're told to listen to them since the banks own them, basically, and finance them all. And the foundations are simply put up there as fronts, tax-exempt foundations, as fronts for the big banking boys and the families. So help yourself to the audios. You'll really learn a lot. I mentioned different books to read if you can get a hold of them. And, uh, and especially the ones from the big players who designed uh, the future. Your future is always designed and planned, including the culture that you'll have at a particular time. And for generation by generation, everything is planned in advance, even bringing you down eventually into a base culture, very, very base culture, step by step by step from Beethoven down to, to rap and beyond. And, and that was all done on purpose, by the way. Uh, and to coincide as well with the complete melt-up of the family or meltdown of the family unit, which was always part of the strategy. All been, all been very successfully um, deployed and, and worked on the, on the public. So now they're off to the next step into transhumanism, uh, depopulation, uh, euthanasia of all kinds, and that will step up the road too as things get more and more depressing. More, more and more people who can't find work, who are out of work, will eventually uh, opt in for that. Just like Soylent Green, the movie, and you go and see it actually, because it was put out by the big uh, engineers, geoengineers of the planet, to try and encourage you to think about overpopulation. There's too many of you, you all have to go, especially the ones that uh, are the, the useless eaters, as Bertrand Russell called them, and others have called them too. So they want to bring in a perfect society. Have yourself the website. Remember, too, you can keep me going by buying the books and discs at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And from the U.S. to Canada, don't forget you can use a personal check or an international postal money order from your post office, uh, PayPal, and some people to send cash. And across the world, Western Union, MoneyGram, and PayPal once again. Remember, straight donations are really, really welcome. And what I do is chronicle the events of today and compare them with the big players who spoke about them maybe 50 or 100 years ago. Because, you see, nothing's happening that wasn't planned a long time ago. The world is run as any big business is run. And big businesses, the big international businesses, literally have at least 50 to 80 years, sometimes 100 years, plans that they have for, for the next 100 years. Same as foundations. Foundations can start off uh, with a, a plan, an objective 
to change the world in a particular direction and that they can hire and retire and hire and retire for generations until they achieve their goal. And so they, they outlive all political parties and systems. So we're run really by foundations. The foundations themselves, especially the CFR, Royal Institute of International Affairs, uh, puts their own men in as the, the top of every government and have done for pretty well a 100 years now. So it doesn't matter what party you, you vote for, uh, the guy at the top is the one that matters. And that's, that was said by Professor Carol Quigley back in the 1960s, who was the historian for the Council on Foreign Relations. He said that. He says, back then, uh, you hadn't, hadn't had a, a truly elected president that was not a member of the CFR and this British group, this Anglo-American establishment. You hadn't had it for 60-odd years then. So... That's the way you truly run, folks. Back with more after these messages. Hi, folks. I'm back, cutting through the matrix and... And really, we're kept like mushrooms. I always say that because it's so true, so incredibly true. We're kept like mushrooms, and that's how you keep mushrooms, really, either in basements or in, in big boxes in the dark. And you open them once in a while and feed them uh, fecal matter, basically. That, that's how we're treated at the bottom level. Because, you see, you're under the, the new type of dictatorship, the scientific dictatorship uh, that Huxley talked about. It's actually here, and Russell talked about it too. They knew it was coming. It was coming in their day, and especially Aldous Huxley, when he wrote his book in 1933, uh, outlining pretty well their agenda towards the, the final product, the final product being uh, a civil society uh, that really was geoengineered and to, to be perfect really for every class. They'd create the perfect classes who wouldn't complain. The ones with the menial labor uh, would basically be happy all the time and the alpha pluses would kind of run the show. So they're getting towards that. But the, the people at the top won't change themselves. They'll give themselves longevity. In fact, they already have. But uh, they, won't, they won't change their actual makeup, their, their, especially their mental uh, makeup at all. They must remain wild men, as they said, in the next million years by Charles Galton Darwin. But the rest of us have to be dumbed down first uh, along this road towards the, the specifically engineered uh, human being and transhumanism. We've been trained right now. We've had a lot of experimentation done us for the, one of us for the last oh, 50, 60 years. And... Um, and they know this at the top. They know what all the effects are of the experiments have been, including the cancers too, because before the 1950s, a lot of cancers were utterly unknown and very rare. And now pretty well, every cancer is very common. They, they knew what these experiments would do, because you see, at world meetings, which they held way back then, in fact, at the end of World War II, um, they actually, in Britain and London, of course, to the king's command, they had a, a big world meeting to do with, well, the war hasn't killed enough people, and um, what are we going to do? Uh, there's going to be a baby boom, they said, and that's where the term, when the term baby boomers first came, came out, actually. So they're always looking down the road, how will we control them, etc., in, in a world where they already planned, they already planned to build up China way back then, to be the main manufacturer of the planet. 
And so all the, the people who worked in factories and all the spin-off uh, industries that supplied the factories would all go under in the West as everybody moved offshore. So what do you do with all this surplus population? Well, entertainment was mentioned even then, lots and lots of entertainment, um, especially sexual enter- entertainment. Uh, Julian Huxley at UNESCO, United Nations, mentioned that we could give them lots of sex, but give them uh, make sure that they're sterile or they can't procreate, basically. And um, that's happened too. And they used the culture industry to do that, used massive drugs being doused into the countries too, LSD, everything, to, to break up the old system. And they said they had to stop one generation, just one generation, from adapting to their parents' system because their parents were contaminated, they call it, contaminated with old ideas like right and wrong, justice, and that kind of stuff. You get a, a generation growing up with drugs, rock and roll, and lots and lots of sex, and um, in a welfare state, and basically have defeated them all. They they won't stand up for anything. Basically, that's what they said back in the, in the end of World War Two. Huh. So we're living in a sci-fi uh, movie, basically, where we're scripted. Everything's scripted in your lifetime. Churchill talked about the invasions in, in the 19, late 40s, early 50s that they'd have to do across the Middle East for all the oil, and. Uh, they talked about resource management, which also encompassed raiding other countries for their material goods and their oil and their natural resources. So there's nothing new under the sun. Remember, world meetings discussed this. They, they thrashed all the details out. It's generally behind closed doors, not for the public consumption. We're supposed to believe that things develop day by day and a crisis will suddenly hit you and that the government suddenly responds to it. That's what you're supposed to believe in. And nothing, and absolutely nothing, is further from the truth. Another part, of course, was dumbing down the public. It's been awfully well done, awfully well done. And, of course, too, they basically gave everyone a form of autism in one degree or another. There's many degrees of autism, folks, because the inoculations were attacking the brain and still are. Still are. You knock them out about the age of two, and they won't, uh, they won't go higher in intellect or especially reasoning. And that's the perfect society you want to grow up. They want to have fun, just have fun, and, and, and have no interest in what's going on around them. If they are, they certainly will do nothing about it. And that's more important, really. Don't do anything about the nasty things that are happening to you. That's more important. Anyway, I'll get down to some of the articles here. And we know that sterility was part of the the, the big uh, agenda for an awful long time. And uh, biosphenol um, was was part of that, too. And this one here says, FDA rejects monumental BPA ban. And it's reported not too long ago that the Food and Drug Administration would make a decision on the banning of the endocrine-disrupting chemical bisphenol A. Now the agency has finally come to a decision, and unsurprisingly it has decided there's not enough scientific evidence supporting uh, the ban of the BPA. That's to say the BPA will not be banned from use in food products, plastic packaging, and personal care products, as inside tin cans, I think even the beer cans especially, and uh, to make sure that most of the guys get it because it sterilizes you, and uh, all the plastic bottles you drink out of too. Even though the Horizon documentary outfit over in England did a, a very, very good special on that in 1990, or released it in 1992, uh, with all the human results 
that uh, were showing sterility and the, the deformed um, sperm, uh, sperm and how some of, the, some of them even had two heads and, or two tails and they couldn't find their targets. So they've, all, they've known what it caused all along. It's meant to, you understand. It's meant to do this. They don't want you having uh, growing as a population, especially in the so-called developed countries. So that's one thing which they attack, mainly the male uh, uh, with two. It, it does also give cancers to the female, but uh, it definitely sterilizes the male, along with a few other th- wonderful things they put in to our food supply. I'll put that link up tonight at cuttingthroughthematrix.com, along with many, many others. Now, Monsanto and Dow Chemical are the guys who gave us Agent Orange. Agent Orange, they denied it for a long time, was causing physical problems over in Vietnam where they sprayed it. They had a domestic uh, type as well, which all uh, landscape gardeners used and farmers used. But uh, they brought it back, you see, and it's called Enlist. Dow Chemical and Monsanto Agent Orange Crops. This is Dow Chemical and Monsanto have teamed up to usher in the next generation of harmful GMO crops and herbicides under the product name Enlist. Find out more in the, in the, in the video, and I'll put the video up tonight too. And um, it says, for more information about Agent Orange, uh, 24-D herbicide and dioxin, all topics related to the new Enlist crops. Please read these additional articles by Cassandra Anderson, and I'll put them up too to do with uh, cancers and um, what the, the, the different toxins in this particular thing will do to you, what it'll do to the farmland as well. And um, even, in, even though in the, in the past Monsanto settled a dioxin case for $93 million, they're going ahead with it back home. That's in the U.S. and the Western world. But you see, we're, as I say, we're obsolete now. They don't need us all. They don't need us at all. Now, another thing, too, that was mentioned a long time ago, back in the 50s by Bertrand Russell, and in the 40s even, he said down the road uh, they'll create different kinds of humans, even when the babies are in the womb, they'll work on them there. And that's happened. They're already doing operations while the babies are inside the wombs, and they've even tried uh, vaccinating them, too. Well, here's a step beyond that. Babies sleep better. You see, they sleep better if they're drugged first and then vaccinated with the multivaccinational course we give them. If you do it in the afternoon, it's best, it says. It says, um, babies are now being drugged with powerful medications to reduce potential pain and fever before being vaccinated with multiple vaccinations. This is said to aid sleep, which according to experts, you know these experts, these white coat guys that take big, big pays and they'll do anything they're told, maximizes the vaccine's response, they say. So Linda Frank and her colleagues at the University of California, San Francisco, discovered that by drugging and vaccinating eight-week-old babies with multiple vaccinations in the afternoon, it helps them sleep better. Linda Frank, the leading author of the study, which was carried out at the university, said, sleep is important after getting shots because sleep is a sign of a vaccine response. (laughs) You're going into a coma. And it's important to maximize that response. Originally, the researchers were not studying vaccinations. They were studying whether babies slept better if they were given the medication Tylenol before vaccinations or not at all, which means they got massive um, funding and grants from uh, the company that makes Tylenol, obviously. Apparently, it's standard practice to give babies a dose of the drug, uh, acetaminophen, which is the same thing, 
uh, named talent before vaccinations to reduce any increase in temperature, supposedly making them more comfortable. Actually, actually it's to make the, the parents, if they can bring down a fever or prevent the fever from really skyrocketing, it takes the panic from the parents. Because the more parents that panic, you see, the more it gets in the news. Why are these things making your, your children have fevers and high temperatures, even in the, the head, in the brain area? Well, that's, that's where you get dumbed down to start with, folks. That's the first part of it. According to the original report published in the Journal of Pediatrics, uh, 25 of the 70 babies being studied were given a dose of Tylenol before vaccinations. However, due to fever or discomfort, many of the remaining babies in the study were also given the medication, either at the time of vaccination or afterwards. All the babies were vaccinated with the following vaccinations. Pneumococcal, diphtheria, tetanus, pertussis, Haemophilus uh, influenza type B, poliovirus and hepatitis B vaccines. Can you believe that all that lot in one go? Never mind getting any of them because they're all pretty well deadly stuff. And, uh, you know, what a world. See, they're carrying out a big agenda and you've all been trained through television when they bring on experts to believe them. Like the new high priests, back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. We're back cutting through the matrix. Now there's a caller hanging on from Ireland and it's got a bad connection, I think. So, uh, are you there, Darren? We'll try and get you through. Alan? Yes. Hello, Alan. Hello. Yes. Um, I just uh, thought I'd say something quick. Yeah, I mem- remember you mentioned it about uh, the digitization of TV and how, you know, how, how they're tr- really trying to uh, push it. And I've noticed that over here in Ireland they're really trying to push it, especially, especially for the rural parts. On the, the west coast as well, that they're really trying to push this digital TV, and you know that it's really for your own benefit. And, that. and I think it's it's really uh, just interesting how you know government cares about how uh, good quality your you know TV is. Yeah, every government is. In fact, China ruled that every Chinese must have a television in the home too. A few years ago, that was done, and um, they're doing the same in India. But, but Britain was the first country to push it because America already had it uh, and Britain pushed it to have quite a few years later that, that everybody in Britain must get a television set and, and even it was the first law that they actually passed so that the ordinary person could actually buy something uh, on tick as we called it there, you paid it up every week so half a crown or whatever it was every week, uh, this was the first thing not a car or anything like that, no, they didn't want you to have cars but they want you to have a television set and they imported a lot of refurbished ones from the US under the DER company D-E-R and uh, fairly cheap ones and that's how the ordinary folk all got their, their drug the television and it literally overnight altered society and I mean literally because before that people used to walk in the streets at the weekend, they'd go out in the parks they'd sit and chat, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of couples with their families and once the television came in it literally vanished overnight. Overnight, nobody, no one communicated with each other anymore. They sat and watched that glowing, uh, 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 that eye in the television set there, basically. Yeah. So it's an essential part of government now because most of our, our 
alterations in the culture that we, we adopt what we see, monkey see, monkey do. And it was uh, essential because they, they understood that they had to really alter and drastically get one generation that would not have the parents' uh, ideals or morals and so on, being contaminated and all. Uh, so they, they gave us uh, basically the pop revolution, as they called it. Before it was the beatniks, then the pop, then, then the rock, uh, along with drugs at the same time, along with uh, the, the um, contraception pill and told them to go to it via the television. And that literally gave a completely new uh, generation, a, a completely new per- perspective on what life was and so on. And uh, it's, it's just been on a roll ever since then. It's a, it's, a, and a, it's a weapon, actually. you know. Now, the digital television, everyone who's got them will admit that they get lost for hours, just like the computer. you know. They get lost for hours just staring at everything. And... Um, uh, even the ads, they won't turn off the ads. They're so spellbound by even what seems to be the quality of the ads that they're hypnotized so they don't turn it off or, uh, or stop it. They'll, they'll steer it them all through. So the government and the companies that are selling love it. But um, it's very hypnotic. The old television set definitely had a frequency flicker. And uh, occasionally um, people would, would go into, into seizures due to the flicker. They knew that too, depending, because it's a certain frequency it'll switch you on or off. Uh, and the same thing I'm sure is, is the same with this, this digital as well. They've tried it. Remember, everything they're trying out everywhere else, which is the, the norm now, uh, and, and digital was tried out in either China or Japan before, years before it came to the West. And they've induced all kinds of responses in the youngsters over in Japan, for instance. So it'll happen. It'll happen here, yeah. I was, uh, I've two last things. Uh, one point is um, I just want to say to the caller, uh, Sean in New York, if he's listening, um, to ring in to the operator. I left a message for him. And the second thing is, Alan, whenever you, uh, whenever it decides yourself to pack up or whenever it, it could it come, come down that you're shut down and that, what what's next for like uh, your listeners and that? What what would you like to see happen, or if if that day does unfortunately come? Well, when I pack up, I guess it's pretty well game over because uh, there is a stage, you understand, you're, you, most of this war is uh, a war of indoctrination, step-by-step indoctrination along many different areas uh, in, your, in the human mind and, uh, and, and even, again, hypnotically teaching you to accept the changes no matter how, how bad they are for you all in the long run. Um, so anything that's left will be authorized by the government agencies themselves. Anything, anything that's left to say, what the kind of stuff that I can say right now, will be authorized by government. I have no doubt about it. Yeah. You, uh, so, um, like, what, what, what do you think it would be if it does happen? Like, um, the people that are like-minded like us have to just get together and kind of stick it out? And- Absolutely. And, and even then, you've got to watch, because you, you, you will get infiltrated. You know, you know, if I, I, I once asked, asked a, I saw I was in a library in, in Britain once. I did the same thing here, and uh, they had authors' um, meetings and even poetry uh, meetings. And I didn't know at the time that you had to apply for a license to hold them in the library, because the government has to know every little group that's getting together on every single topic, including just reading books or 
or reading poetry or whatever. So you understand, we are very important. We're all very important. That's why they've gone to such great extents to give themselves complete coverage of all your phone calls and all your emails and everything else. You're very important. What the public think are, is very important, even if they don't know much, because they, they keep the pulse on the public so that they can always uh, offset something that might happen, such as retaliation in some way or another. That's why they do it all, you know. They don't plan to bring you back to any con game of democracy. Even even those days are gone. They're not going back to it. But uh, thanks for calling. Back after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, I'm back, cutting through the matrix now. Back in uh, December of 2011, an ISA virus, which is, it gives salmon anemia, it's a fish virus, uh, was confirmed in Aqua Bounty, big corporation, genetically engineered salmon. This is in a 2009 memo from Fisheries and Oceans Canada. It entered into evidence that Canada's federal cone inquiry, inquiry into the collapse of the Fraser River sockeye salmon. Thursday, and it reveals that salmon at the Aqua Bounty facility in Prince Edward Island in Canada had tested positive for the infectious salmon uh, anemia or ISA virus, which causes it. And tonight I'll put up a link and you'll have a, you can go through a, a, a woman talking about this and the effects it has on the whole salmon population. But it says, um, Canada and the U.S. could soon approve a genetically modified or genetically engineered GE Atlantic salmon, the first ever GM food animal in the world. It says a small U.S. company, Aqua Bounty, has asked the U.S. Food and Drug Administration to approve their plan to produce GM salmon eggs on Prince Edward Island to grow out in Panama and sell to U.S. consumers. The company has plans to expand production across the world, though they have not specified these plans to the U.S. FDA. But... um, the thing is, uh, with these engineered salmon and there's even engineered cattle out there that can't stand and things like that, uh, there's always a problem somewhere. And remember, this is part of the food chain they're giving you now, and this is going to get passed on to you. Uh, your body has been used to the same kind of diets for many thousands, or if you're going to even, um, you know, the, the guys to do with evolution, millions of years. You can't just change it like that. You just can't do it without effects in the human body. Can't do it. You can't introduce genes that they would never ever have brought into their body in the first place. But they're doing it. And they're telling you it's good for you, of course. And um, there's going to be many, many problems uh, which will leak out over the years, the coming years, to the effects it'll have on people. And of course, they'll keep denying it back and forth with the FDA and different ones for years to come. And here's another one too. Uh, A biotech company, Martech, is under fire for non-disclosure of non-organic manufacturing processes of their infant formula additives. You see how they always go for the children. They put melamine, melamine in the food for bulk of the children, infant formulas. Melamine is the stuff you got in your kitchen table, your countertops there, plastic. But this, they got one scientist and probably a lot of money to bribe the FDA because that goes on. That really does go on all the time there, folks. Uh, they got one scientist to, to agree that uh, or say 
that this, uh, under the microscope, this looks like a, a protein. So what we could classify as a protein, even though it's still a plastic. And that's how they got it through. Anyway, it says, um, so, so, they're in, uh, so the DHA and ARA, which have made their way into numerous infant formulas, including some bearing the USDA or organic seal. Martex DHA and ARA products are synthetic attempts at omega-3 fats, chemically extracted from algae and fungi that have never before been part of the human diet. This is your food chain. These infant formula additives, never USDA approved, have been heavily processed and chemically treated with solvents like hexane and modified with the use of recombinant DNA techniques, all of which are supposed to be disallowed in organic products. So you can't trust organic either. There are hundreds of adverse reaction reports filed with the FDA about infants suffering severe gastrointestinal disease um, or distress, vomiting and diarrhea after consuming formula with these additives. Uh, Political shenanigans and powerful corporate lobbies threaten the quality and safety of your products, including a recent increase in the tolerated level of pesticides in American products. This is just for more cancers, of course, which is depopulation. So... I'll put this link up tonight too because you've got to understand what you're eating. And more so, you've got to understand that the mentalities and kinds and agendas of the peoples who are doing this to you. I guarantee you they're not doing it to their own offspring. You know, that Monsanto, where they make all the genetically modified seed, they bring in cafeteria staff that only serve organic produce. They won't eat their own stuff. But we're supposed to eat it? What does that tell you when they won't eat it? That's all the proof I need. That's all the proof I need. Now, also too, as I mentioned quite a while back about the so-called God gene. It's not a God gene that you've got, actually. It's a gene that the Pentagon wants to destroy in countries it wants to take down. It's already worked, I think, in the West for however method they got it into us. But um, it's not a God gene. That's just to grab the public's attention. It's a gene, really, that makes you, uh, it gives you acuity of intellect and, and you're, you're able to understand what's happening around you. But more importantly, it's a gene that helps you react properly to what's happening around you. If it's destroyed and attacked by either inoculation, which the Pentagon talked about, actually, and I'll put up a video tonight where you, you'll, you'll see them talking about it, um, then that's it gone. You'll be a very amicable, probably, person who's very polite and docile and won't get upset about anything. You'll be obedient. And that's really what it is. Because they've always known what the part, this part of their brain does. And... Um, and if you want to attack your enemy long term, you simply introduce, oh, get UNICEF in there and the boys and World Health Organization, get free injections across the world to your targeted populations. And then when your armies go in, there's, there's very little resistance. Works for, you understand this is how war really works. Long term planning. Long, long term planning. They even have in the planning of the countries that they've attacked in the Middle East. Um, if they leave it for another 15 years, 20 years, what would the population of youth be that would fight back? They do all these studies and statistics and all the rest of it like crazy all the time. Therefore, they go in first and give you free stuff. Oh, yeah, we're here to help you. Roll up your sleeve. And that population's gone. They're going to fight back. But most of them will probably die off with other things before, before you invade. This is real life. This is how it works. 
This is how it works. Now, in, in Britain, of course, we probably have always heard this one, ministers are, are preparing a major expansion of the government's power to monitor the email exchanges and website visits of every person in the UK. It was reported on Sunday. Well, they've told us they've been doing this forever anyway. Anyway, they've legalized more rights to do uh, spying on everyone. You're all subjects in Britain, remember, uh, of the Queen. But under legislation expected in next month's Queen's speech, Internet companies will be instructed to install hardware or hardware enabling the, the GCHQ, the government's ele- electronic listening agency, to examine on demand any phone call made, text message and email sent and website accessed in real time, the Sunday Times reported. So that's your wonderful government at work. And again, because they've all had their little uh, part of their brain destroyed, they'll be, oh, well, you know, and then they'll turn on their high-definition televisions and digital televisions and get lost for the rest of the night and then pass out. So you're living under tyranny. Tyranny that's always been there, but they had to play the game, sort of speak, and uh, allow an, enough comfort to the public at one point, meaning cash, cash and less taxes, to get along, get by, and heat themselves in the winter. Things like that, basic stuff. But they've taken that all away, of course, from Britain. Britain is a mess. Britain is, is coming down to third world status. Technically, it is already. And it was all planned a long time ago with the Free Trade Boys at the Royal Institute of International Affairs. They drafted up the treaties for the government's design. They knew early in the 1900s the effects it would have on society. They don't just make a decision oh, and say, well, by, we're surprised what happened. We didn't realize that would happen. No, no, everything is discussed. And the common market was the first part of it. And look at you now. Everybody's doling your, your taxes out across the world. Nothing's left in Britain. You're bailing out each other. And now you've got to bail out, not even bail out countries, you've got to, well you have been doing that too with the, with the big grants from the IMF that's given to other countries in Africa elsewhere. Every time they fail alone, you're down as a guarantor and you've got to pay off in taxes. There's nothing left for the British people. And it's to get worse. And that's why, by the way, they've got paratroopers, uh, working with the police to do with riot control learning it all in advance of the riots, which they know will eventually break out when food gets scarce and you can't afford things. Same in the States. Happened there too. So I'll put this one up, in it, but uh, you have to read through these articles to understand what's happening. If you can't read through them and you decide not to read through them, it's because you, you, it's too painful for you. So you go back into denial. You look at the, you've been trained to avoid the unpleasant and seek pleasure. That's what they've done to you. Which means you're a goner when anything happens. And in 2010, for instance, it says here the convergence of special operations forces and civilian law enforcement. And it says, this is in the U.S., in recent years there's been an apparent convergence of operations conducted by Special Operations Forces, SOF, and those of civilian law enforcement agencies, LEAS, especially uh, Special Weapons and Tactics Squads, or units, that were formerly separate and distinct, um, had different missions, basically. The requirements to obtain warrants prior to execution of raids for high-value targets, collect and preserve evidence for criminal prosecution, and on occasion 
present testimony in court of law are new missions for the SOF. They're not relatively simple changes in the rules of engagement or comparable techniques. As far as can be determined, previously no U.S. military combat arms unit has ever been tasked with such a mission during combat operations. The thesis is straightforward. If such missions are to continue, then consideration must be given to adequate training for them. So, they've all been training for years for what's to come down inside the U.S. In that article I mentioned last week, with the millions and millions of rounds for Homeland Security, pistol rounds, and plus rifle rounds too. Hollow points, which you don't use in the target range. It's too expensive. These are for killing people at close quarters in urban settings. What do you think all that's about? Or they're just being cautious, maybe. Just, just in case. Oh well, you'll see. You'll see. And they've got on in the States about the killing of a black man. And, uh, but he's in an article about killing of a black man. There's more of these killed this way than, than uh, um, any other way. Killed at home, White Plains. New York police called out on a medical alert. Shoot dead black veteran who was 68. This is as the Trayvon Martin case draws national attention. We look at another fatal shooting of an African American male that's received far less scrutiny. Kenneth Chamberlain Sr., a 68 year old African American Marine veteran, was fatally shot in November by White Plains, New York police, who responded to a false alarm from his medical alert pendant. Don't wear them, folks. Don't wear these things. Because, I'm telling you, you never phone the police. And you don't have a pendant that can do it either. Because they could come in and kill you. So the officers broke down Chamberlain's door. First they tasered him and then shot him dead. How was that? How was that for help? Huh? Audio of the entire incident was recorded by the medical alert device in Chamberlain's apartment. And as is, we're joined by family attorneys and Chamberlain's son, Kenneth Chamberlain Jr., who struggles through tears to recount his father's final moments, including the way police officers mocked his father's past as a Marine. For them to look at my father that way, with no regard for his life, every morning I think about it, he says. And, and there's a, bunch of, a whole bunch of related stories of people who've been shot first before questions are asked. And it's pretty well endless. So I'll put this link up tonight as well. And <laughs> it says, David Cameron is facing a, grow, a growing backbench backlash over plans for a major expansion of government's powers to monitor the email exchanges and website visits of every person in the UK. You understand, they know they've got the public beat when they come out and say this stuff. Otherwise, you see, you've got to nip this stuff in the bud before it starts. And you've all already allowed them under the guise of terrorism to go as far as they've gone already, and they'll keep going. You can't do it now, you see. I mean, you have to really literally throw out every electrical gadget you've got and go back to reading books. And maybe you'll have to. Maybe you should. Because they're giving themselves permission to spy 24 hours a day on every individual. Maybe some folk don't mind it if it's unobtrusive. Nobody jumps in and says, hey, I'm listening to you. But uh, we'll see. But anyway, um, it's just disgusting what's happening. When you allow this thing to start, it goes on and on and on until you're as well as going to the to the police station or the local army barracks and, and get them asking for your chain so they can manacle you and, and just, you know, chain you up. But again, you've all had your brains damaged. That's why you accept it. 
All this talk, too, about a shortage of oil and all this stuff. There's never a shortage of oil. Natural gas glut threatens a storage crisis. Too much, too much they can't store all. And prices are collapsing. This is what they do every year in Canada. They always talk about this. So that the gas companies always claim they've lost money in the winter. Uh, can jack up their prices again. They get permission from the government to do it. British Columbia has more than 100 years of proven natural gas reserves in the area. They include the Horn River Shale Basin, says Spectra Energy President Doug Bloom. And it says natural gas storage facilities across America have reached a record high inventories, uh, raising the threat of a late uh, summer price collapse and challenging stressed producers. The stressed is producers. Oh, terribly stressed, eh? Gas remaining in storage after an unusually warm winter will probably swell during the second quarter, topping up facilities months ahead of schedule and further pressuring the market, see industry observers. With demand expected to remain low, producers will see higher fees on pipelines to park the surplus volumes and could be forced to shut in production at the wellhead, said Martin King, an analyst with First Energy Capital Corps. So this is a long article too, so I'll put this up for you to peruse. But there's no shortage of oil or gas whatsoever. They, they got more than they can actually store and, and, and take care of. And this other article too says the world is awash with oil and natural gas. That's from Sovereign Independent talking about Britain because you see, um, there's no shortage, but the prices are so incredibly high and the truckers, uh, are, are wanting, wanting to go on strike, which means no gas, uh, diesel, whatever, it will get uh, delivered. And they're talking about using the army again to keep it going. But the prices across Europe are incredibly disgustingly high. You see, part of Agenda 21, they don't want you traveling but your own personal car. Agenda one, look, 21, look it up, up and see, you'll see that it says that these new community areas for Agenda 21 will have uh, no private property. It will be rental only, ultimately. And also, no private transportation. They're getting the folk train for it. But first you must go through all of this first. Because it says the world is awash with oil and natural gas. It's your governments in cahoots with the big producers uh, that are responsible for the high, disgustingly high prices and wreaking unprecedented profits. Back with more after this. Hi folks, we're back cutting through the matrix and we'll go to the callers. This is Chris from California on the line here, Chris. Hello, Hello, Alan. Yes. How are you? Not bad at all. No. Alan, I'd like to know about fluoride in the water in Europe. Have they have they not curtailed that to a certain degree? I mean, much much better job than the states. Um, not really. No. Um, some, what you always find that the, when, when, when the public complain enough about it and it ends up in the newspapers, uh, they'll generally tell you that they're, they're scaling back on the fluoride. And, uh, and then like, a few years go on and you find it's back in there again. Uh, as new councillors come in over an area, uh, you know, they have councillors over there. Uh, so they change the, the, the rules as they go along. But it isn't just the fluoride. Uh, there's a lot of other stuff goes along with the fluoride. In fact, they've had some big accidents recently and lawsuits where 
trucks full of this stuff have dumped it into water pens, ends up in the drinking water that's actually killed people, overdosing them. So, no, they're still using it over there, yeah. As much as here, huh? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, the reason I ask, Alan, is, Alan, is because, you know, people, I, don't, I think people overlook the fact that, you know, you know, people drink a lot of beer. And, yes. and there's yeah. fluoride in the water, and they, don't, yeah. they never even consider that. I know. In uh, yeah, the beer, you've got, you've, got, uh, you've, you've also got BPA lining the tin cans inside of it. Oh, yeah, the, bo- bo- the polybisphenol uh, A, yeah. I think so, done, so, yeah, you're, you're being st- sterilized, uh, uh, and also you're getting doses of uh, fluoride as well at the same time. <laughs> well, let me yeah. ask you this. The, the, mil- the milligrams of, 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 of fluoride in the water in the Heineken, for example, and I, and I, I picked Heineken because I, I thought your European beer was, had curtailed their, their addition. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they, they go ahead and sell their toxic waste, which is sodium fluoride, you got to do something with it. So, oh, I'll just stick it in water with the, the people's water in, the, in, in all the municipalities. You yeah. know, they, they, they're stupid, you know. And yeah. I mean, now we can we can filter the water out by, by with our with our water filters, and, and it takes a, a, a real different kind of a, like a PF filter that you get the fluoride out. And, yeah. and, you know, that's great for home. But if you but if you do drink beer, you know, you're going to be you're going to be consuming a lot of fluoride uh, yeah. uh, through that uh, that vehicle. Definitely, definitely, yeah. I mean. Let me ask you this. I'm not too well with the, the, the conversion uh, chart, and you're, you're more sophisticated than I am. In regard to 0. 0.05 milligrams uh, in, in per liter, mm-hmm. is, that, uh, is that something to be a, a concerned about? Sure That's is. what the count of the fluoride is in, I don't know if that's sodium or, or uh, which is the most lethal, or the stannous, which is naturally occurring. But... Mm-hmm. Uh, what about that count per liter? Is that uh, overboard? I mean, I'd say I'd say it's overboard. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's, number one, yeah, by, by a fair bit. Yet you understand that that the, the sodium fluoride that they put in your water is actually a waste product from aluminum uh, smelters, and they scrape. They get the aluminum. They get the fluoride by scraping. Uh, the soot, literally, from the insides of those huge chimney stacks, that's where they get it from. They used to have to pay, the big companies like Alcan used to have to pay to have that disposed of because it's classified as a toxic poison. Uh, and then they found a way to put it in there and get the public to buy it instead. I mean, it's, that's what they did, yeah. Let me ask you, Alan, another subject real quick. Are you, are you, do you believe in God? Well, there's something, there's something there. I know that. Uh, and it's something, but uh, I, I don't tend to go along with um, what I call modern, um, until 20th century onwards Christianity or whatever, because it was completely diluted until it's non-effective. And um, actually, it works better for the government. They like they like that kind of Christian. You know? But there's something out there. But thanks for calling. And from uh, Joe in Silicon Valley, Rob Ontario, and Steve in Oregon, maybe call back tomorrow. I'll try to take you early. From Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada, it's good night. May your God or your gods go with you.